welcome to this week's podcast, everybody. It is your Manchester with me, Miss Belinda Scandal, and Caroline Whitehead. And we have got a very special show for you today, all about the girls. Isn't that right? Yeah, it's all about the girls. Here come the girls. Yes. Who's on the show today, there, please? Professor Erin Mabel, MBE and DL and Justice of the Peace. And she has got a statue in Manchester Central Library, but the first woman to have a statue at the Town Hall in 150 years. Oh, let's speak to her. Listed as one of the 250 most influential people in Greater Manchester. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. That's correct. And good evening, that, ladies. Good evening. Good, good evening. evening. That must feel fantastic to know that you're so powerful. Well, not powerful, because powerful <laughs> makes it sound like you're, you're full of self-importance. It's not. It's more than that, isn't it? It's yeah. about doing something for Manchester, isn't it? Yeah, it's all about the influence. I mean, it's it's one of those, I suppose, accolades that you get that you're not expecting to get. I actually remember when I went to the launch. Oh, actually, it was this. I've just got it on the table, actually. It was this. And um, uh-huh. I went to the launch of it because I love networking and, you know, I like networking, networking with different people, basically doing that linking social capital. And I thought, oh, I'll go along and I dragged my husband along. I said, we'll go along to see who we can meet. And I remember as I walked in, somebody said to me, oh, I might have known you'd made the list. And I thought, what list? You know, I was like, what list? And when I saw it, I was like, oh, my word. I thought, wow. yeah. Brill. So, yes, um, I use that. Um, Obviously, you know, when you're doing certain works, there are other people that are watching you and observing what you're doing. And they're the ones that can see the influence that you're having. I think for some of us, you know, the work is so close, you know, up to our face. We can't really see what we're doing. And so it's Mm. when somebody else points it out to you. So, yeah, that was great. That 250 of the, you know, one of the 250 of the most influential people in Greater Manchester. And that was the magazine they did. Amazing. That's that's fantastic. I I wasn't there. Just hold on a minute. Um, just back into the sound room. Can you put the echo? Yeah. Cheers. Thank you. Echo back on. Thank you. There. Lovely. Uh, go on. You were saying. I was saying I wasn't on the list, but you know what? You you probably heard me say, Arinma, that how much I admire you. So Thank last you. year for. Last year, for example, um, when, when I was on stage and we were doing the, um, the festival and everything and I spotted her in the crowd. Do you remember? And I went, come on stage. Come on, let's have a chat. Like we were like at home having a coffee yes. in front of 500 people. Come and have a chat. Tell them about yeah. your statue. I did, so I did an impromptu introduction about the statue, which, you know, yeah. I'm obsessed about. Yeah, and, uh, we, there's some great pictures of us on stage, isn't there? Yes, there is. Fantastic. Yeah. Can yeah. you can you um for for the viewers that don't know your, mm. just a little bit about your journey on because it's you know we're, we're smiling and we're laughing now but it's not funny no. um, what what happened and how how yeah. you've got to this point can you share with us please Arinda okay how long have we got no okay yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, very quickly then it's about oh, I think it's about twenty five years ago now um me and my husband moved back to Manchester because we're from Manchester originally born and bred. And we moved back up from London, you know, to try and basically just find out what was happening in our community, you know, of Mosside and the surrounding um, neighbourhoods, you know, with all the gun crime and the shooting. Because many a time when we came up for funerals, there were people that we knew, um, children of people that, you know, you'd gone to school with or, you know, your peers. So we moved back up to try and make a difference. And um, I remember one night we went out just very quickly and um, one of our close friends who was with us, we're all in the same car. As we got out of the car, 
Um, he was, you know, tapped on the shoulder and then three people just opened fire and shot him, you know, 11 times. And um, gun crime had never been a part of our lives until then. I mean, I was one of those people, and I know many of us did it, who when we heard about gun crime, you know, you read about it in the paper, you watched it on the news, on the TV, and you just felt, oh, well, it happens to them. That kind of thing doesn't happen to me. I'm not involved. But that night it became part of our lives. And cutting a long story short, we had to, um, you know, uh, contact, you know, police, you know, to find out what's happening. Now they're not investigating it. But then at the same time, you know, we had our peers and some people telling us we don't speak to police around here, calling us snitches. Our lives were threatened. You know, our house was threatened because we were speaking to the police. The police weren't speaking to us because they said, you know, they didn't know what to do. There was nothing they could do. So it took us years, really, of trying to get local community to actually own the issue and own the problem. And uh, that wasn't easy, but that's what we had to do. And then a group of us came together and formed the group Charisma Community Alliance for Renewal in a South Manchester area to basically try and make a difference in our communities. And we were just fed up of being talked about and nobody consulting and talking with us. And it took us six years to bring gun crime to the top of the government's agenda, which finally they did, because um, back then they were not interested in talking about gun crime because we were told it only happens in Mosside. It only affects black youth. It's black on black crime. And um, this is it's what you were being told. Yes. Is oh, yes. This is what we were being yes. told by government yeah. ministers. Hello? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Mm. We were told. Yeah. I mean, I've often said... If back then was now with all the Trump and his wall, they probably would have yeah. put a wall around my side and kept us all in there and said it's our problem because we were being told it was a Moss a Moss side issue, and I Which was saying not. To the it's government, not, and it's not. This is the one of the things we were advocating to the government that basically the UK had a gun issue. It wasn't just about my side; it was a UK issue because this is a country where guns are illegal. And so, for example, very quickly. There was a time when a young lad, he was 14, he was arrested on the streets of Mossad. He was arrested with a, a weapon, a Goloshkinov weapon. I can now say the word. I couldn't say it then. A Goloshkinov wow. weapon. The police did forensics on that weapon. And that weapon had been used in the Bosnia war. Oh. And so we were saying to the government, now, how does a weapon that has been used in the Bosnia war end up not only in the hands of a 14-year-old, but on the streets of inner city Manchester. And basically, how did it get into the UK? And yeah. I can tell you, it, and, you know, logics will tell you, it was not a 14-year-old that smuggled that weapon into the yeah. UK. That was being yeah. done by adults. I, wish, know, we had more, I wish we had more time brain. with you, um, Arinma. Really, really do. The, and this is the thing that why I wanted you on, just for this snippet, so that, that you, you know, you could share... Uh, what your journey is and there's lots more to it because we i could get a back for a um, whitehead files couldn't i get a back for a whitehead files yeah uh, and, I, and i'll email you about the whitehead files but i can get you back okay. for a whitehead files so that you know you can talk about this whole story because yeah people what people want to know you know yeah, and you, know. you've you've come a whole a whole arc and you mm. have definitely made a difference i know because mm. I've followed it right through. So I know you've you. definitely made a difference. And just that snippet, the fact that the forensics took it back to Bosnia, knew it was, came from Bosnia, That's and right. there is a process. It's, exactly. There is a process of getting that into this country. 
you know. And this is what I mean about looking face to face with yeah. people who are making a difference. It's it's the presumptions that people make about certain areas, certain types of people. Yeah. I think I've been very sheltered. I think after knowing you for a good few months, I think I, I have I've learned more than I've learned in a good few years. And I do firmly believe that I have been sheltered. And I'd love to speak to you uh, a lot, a lot more. And like mm-hmm. you say, you'll get back for your wife. I'll, get, I'll, get, I'll get you back. Um, mm-hmm. um, visual podcast that goes out every Monday. So we're going to take a snippet of this and put it in the show on on um, on Saturday, Saturday as well. You know, yeah. and uh, mm-hmm. and then you and I will will chat. And given that things are lifting slightly, we could even have a mocker mm-hmm. together. I know. Ooh, you never know. I'm excited. Hey, I'm excited. Well, thank you very much for for your time now, though, um, Professor Bell. Now, speaking of statues, one lady's got one very prominent statue, and you've probably all walked past it a million times and thought, that's a really good statue. But have you ever thought about the story behind it? I have, and I wanted to meet this gorgeous lady known as Hazel Reeves. Hazel, hello. Hi, Caroline. Hi, Belinda. Thank Hi. you for And there it is behind you. I mean, not the actual statue, but is it? How, what is that? The that's the one that must have been in the library that I voted for. No, this in fact is a three D scan version of the real big Emmeline that's been yeah, sort of right. shrunk down and cast in bronze. So, how do you go about creating a statue that's going to have to be amplified and magnified to Manchester proportion? Shall we say? Well, you you start off with a a little one, of course, and then you have to decide how large it's going to be, what impact you want. And then you literally have to build like a stick out of steel that looks like a stick person. And then you add the clay on bit by bit. It's literally half a ton of clay that has to be added. And so then you finally get to the scale. And of course, I work with a model. And for, for me, I was very lucky to have Sarah Jenkins and we worked in the studio for months together and we know more mm. about each other than anybody else does, I think, completely. Um, so it's it was a real joy to do that. And then, of course, you have the, the founder come along, they make a mould and then they take it away up to London in this case and they cast her in, in bronze. Wow. It's fa- it, fantastic because... I I remember the day it was unveiled and oh, then that? I remember yeah. December the 14th 2018 we must have had what five and a half thousand people well the estimates go from between five and seven thousand I mean it was extraordinary wasn't it it was massive it was it was awesome you know Metrolink stopped the trams thank goodness uh, <laughs> and why did you choose Emmeline then? What was your inspiration behind that? Why is she such a prominent figure to you? Well, why I really wanted to sculpt Emmeline is um, she was such a significant figure in women's journey towards gaining the vote. And she had such courage and she fought for women's rights despite often violent resistance. And she managed to engage women of all classes as well. So she was had that strength, courage, dignity. I mean, what more could you, you want? So a real sort of hero of mine. And for me, statues should be catalysts. And you were talking earlier about the need to recognise um, the people who have gone before us but also champion those current day Emmeline's. And that's what mm. I want to do with the statue is to say, this has got to carry on. This is, 
going to inspire current day Emmeline's and future Emmeline's in order to, you know, achieve equality. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. And creating the statue. Yeah. And creating the statue in the way that it is in the position that she stands. Why did you choose that particular pose um, of the statue? So I guess I was choosing at a time, 1908-1909, the suffragettes were absolutely incensed because of the repeated political betrayal. You know, mm-hmm. we want the vote. Well, we will give it to you, you know, after this, after that. And it never came. And so it was right. It's time for deeds, not words. And so that's when the suffragettes were going out on the streets. And literally what they would do would be ring bells on the streets, summon people out of their offices, out of their homes to come and listen to Emmeline speak. And the five for Emmeline, somebody would grab something like a kitchen chair or a cart or a table and up she would climb and address the crowds and Mm. she would do that as she's here you know arm outstretched demanding that women rose up and demanded their their vote and so i think for me i wanted people to sort of feel almost a crowd around her and to almost hear the the crowds i i think that's a perfect pose because when when i first saw the the smaller version what came to mind was the Statue of Liberty. Okay. That's yeah. what came to mind because she's got an outstretched arm, you know, um, with the scales and she's got the outstretched arm. And I just thought she's kind of like our Lady Liberty. Holding the torch from Manchester, I suppose, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, that, and that's, that's what, what it remi- reminded me of. It, Obviously a bit smaller. But you've got another fantastic lady. Tell me, tell us about the next fantastic lady. So the next one is for Congleton, which is not too far away. And mm. it's uh, to celebrate the life of the suffragist Elizabeth Wollstoneholm Elmy, or Elizabeth, okay. if you can't quite remember the whole of that, that name. But she was, you'd really like her, Caroline, I think, because mm. you describe her as having zeal and zest. She was... Um, overlapped with Emmeline, and she, in fact, helped them set up the Women's Social Political Union, the WSPPU, and she was key for them. But she started much earlier. She was born in 1833. And without the likes of her and Emmeline, women wouldn't be obviously voting. They wouldn't be owning their own property and be able to keep hold of the money that they earned and they wouldn't have the rights over their children. So actually, Elizabeth was really key um, mm. many of the gains um, that women uh, achieved. And she was, you know, a real radical. And she mm. was shunned, including by some of the suffragists, because she was pregnant outside of marriage. Um, she was very much a humanitarian, and she didn't yeah. believe in being owned by your your husband. So I think you would have, you know, you'd really like her. So we're yeah, hoping no, that no, sounds cool. Next International Women's there Day. We go. That's what I was just about to ask. Brilliant. Yeah. Well, we look forward to seeing that. We'll definitely get a crew down and get checking that one out. Because if it's anything as good as Emmeline Pankhurst, yeah. that'll be quite the sensation to see. Yeah. We've ad- we've adopted Hazel. Hazel's not really a Mancunian. She's there in Brighton somewhere by the sea. But I am ad- Well, yeah, but we've ado- we've adopted her. We've adopted her, and I and I and I see her as a you're you're a Mancunian sister, my girl. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, yes, I feel Mancu- Manchester is my second home. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, thank you very much for Thanks, your time Hazel. today, Hazel. Thank-
Claire Marie Boggiano, leadership lecturer at the University of Salford, director of Lurig, and also um, guest lecturer at Manchester Business School. But that's not why she's with us. She is a campaigner and activist and supports women's rights and, uh, and equality and diversity for women. And she's going to talk to us about GM for Women 2028. So GM for Women 2028, it's actually a 10-year project. And as you've said, it's been led by Helen Pankhurst. And we're in year three. And the idea is they are measuring um, important components around girls and women across Greater Manchester. So there are five elements that they measure. Safety, participation, employment, education, and also culture and active lives. And the 10 measures which make up this scorecard. And the idea is each year over the 10 years we measure it. And of course, once you start measuring something, things happen in that arena. So the idea is we make improvements for the lives of women and girls all over Greater Manchester. Amazing. Mm. And, and how do we make things better for the women and people in Manchester, Greater Manchester? Well, there's a lot to do. And Belinda, unfortunately, we've got sad news this year. So the measures that for two years uh, weren't very good actually went down a little in the last 12 months. Is that the pandemic? It completely linked to the pandemic. So it really hasn't been good for women and girls across the whole of the UK, not just Greater Manchester. Um, However... The fact that we're measuring it and getting involved, and we've, we've hundreds of people across Manchester involved in this project. And this year we had input from um, Andy Burnham, from the local politicians and um, from local councillors. And so we're, the momentum is building and we're hoping that we'll get some funding to really make this happen. Because at the moment it is built all built on volunteer time and volunteer effort. Uh, so... So we're three years into a 10-year project, so it's watch this space. And for people who want to get involved, we want more people involved. Mm. Okay, and how would people get involved then? Well, the easiest thing is probably to go to the GM for Women 2028 website. And I just go on a search engine and find that. And you'll find lots more background information about it. And you can register for the newsletter and leave your contact details and come along and get involved. And that's GM, the number four, then women, and then 2028. I was just writing that down. I was just writing that down. Of course, there's uh, new fundings being announced uh, within the next few weeks as well, particularly from a charity called We Love Manchester. Um, So there might be something that perhaps together, collectively, people can do. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And and, um, the Manchester City Council Steering Group, yeah. Um, so last year I came on here representing the group, having a chat to uh, and Michelle. And now look at you. Yeah, now look at me. <laughs> I've, I've moved in. I've not even left. I think I've got the same dress on. <laughs> There's my bed over there. Oh. Um, <laughs> so can, can you... Oh, she's so rude. Uh, can you fill us in on, on what they've got planned, Claire Marie? Yeah, definitely. And, you know, last year, Manchester celebrated International Women's Day by having the Walk for Women. And that was the third year of the Walk for Women and the most successful 
there were well over 2,000 people involved in the walk for women. I remember Arimna being dressed up with a whole group of her community group and it was fantastic. Um, this year, unfortunately, we're not allowed to physically walk for women and certainly not that many people together at one time. So there's going to be an online um, experience that everyone can dial into. Um, that's through uh, Manchester City Council web page. If you go on to the website, you will find a link on there. Um, and you can, and from 12 noon on Saturday, the 6th of March, uh, that's happening. Yeah, and we're, and we're working side by side, aren't we? So that when that one finishes at 1.30, you come to the Your Manchester page, um, Facebook page, Your Manchester YouTube channel, and we start with our International Women's Day of the North. We bring in our Yorkshire Yorkshire sisters and Northeast sisters, and um, and we've created a segment in there which I'm quite proud of called Soapbox Sisters. Yay! And uh, I've dragged Clemory kicking and screaming to be my guest host for Soapbox Sisters. So you're ready for that, Clemory? Definitely, definitely. It's going to be it's going to be a whole day, you know. So it's great, and there's so much happening across Greater Manchester and across the Northwest for International Women's. It's not even International Women's Week anymore. It's like International Women's Month. Yeah, yeah. And just definitely. out of interest then, why is it so important to you to celebrate um, this on the 8th? Well, there's lots of reasons. I mean, if you look at the history of it, it really was for women to have a day to themselves and take a day off. Uh, a lot of it is also rooted in um, poor treatment of women in industry and um, in you know to, to try and register that things aren't equal I think over I mean International Women's Day was started over 100 years ago and you know there's still a long way to go so I think part of it is about celebration but also part of it is about making a point there, there's a long way to go on this journey of equality Excellent. Definitely. Well, unfortunately, that's all the time we've got for, yeah. uh, with you today, Claire and Marie. But we'll obviously we'll see you again on Saturday, which is going to be amazing. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. So look forward to it. We, we'll we'll chat and uh, get the wheels going. But you're doing a sterling job. Sterling just keeps me on track. Don't oh, you? That's tricky. That's a trick in itself. <laughs> keeping Isn't you on it track. just? Hey, try doing forty-five <laughs> minutes with her. I tell you. Oh, hey, do you now, our final guest this evening has got some marvellous songs out and I really want you to get behind these beautiful, beautiful and meaningful tracks. That's right, meaningful I use very, very strongly as we found out as we spoke to Emma Mould. Emma Mould is, 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 um, is a friend of the Zebra tribe. She, she's performed at quite a few of our events. She is a singer, songwriter and musician. But of course, that A word, she is also an activist. She says says what she thinks and you're choosing to challenge aren't you yes yeah i have, I you I have been and you what know so it's, sorry sorry go on, go on. i was just going to say what is it you're choosing to challenge on this particular wonderful moment well for a while now i've been standing up for equality for women and raising awareness of violence against women which is a mm -hmm. massive heavy topic so i did a single called press red um and it's sort of like unpacked issues around global violence against women from all sorts of things from fgm to child brides to domestic violence arranged marriage you name it and um so that was a real privilege and an honor and so it's really nice to be on here tonight because obviously going where i go and singing and talking about the things that are on matters of my heart 
I'm not always met with um, a positive sort of like, I'm not always embraced, I think. And that's good because, you know, I want to, I hope to engage with people that are not, maybe haven't they had their minds opened to the inequality and injustices that women face. They're so, uncomfortable to hear, the, hear the truth though, aren't they? They're uncomfortable yeah. to hear the truth. Yeah. Yeah, and, and there's so many people that they just get on with their lives and they are beautiful people, they're kind, they treat women nicely and they love people and they believe in equality and they want peace. And then, you, you know, and they're the types of people sometimes where you have to say, well, actually, that's amazing, but this is going on here and somebody needs to do something. So, yeah. Yeah. And then you get people that are oppressive. You know, yeah. people that are yeah. that oppress people that are part of the problem with ignorant whether it's ignorance, whether it's opinions that need to just be changed and brought forward. You know, mm. I don't know. It's a massive, massive subject. It's yeah, it's it's a massive subject and, and um and uh, it's a weird phrase, I hate this phrase, but you can't eat the elephant whole, but there are sections that you can campaign. I mean, I, I had to do a, a thing to camera about choosing to challenge. And uh, one of the things I, I was talking about was the fact that people like to pull you, tag you and involve you in their own agendas when really you know what, what makes your heart beat and you know what's passionate that you want to actually support and, and, and challenge. And, um, you know, don't be pulled in a direction by somebody else. And like you say, when you're sat in front of an audience or whatever and you're talking to them, that they are uncomfortable about it, but sometimes they need to, they need to hear the truth. So, I mean, one of the songs, because I, I know about Press Red and I know it's about DV, isn't it? Domestic violence. Um, but uh, I want to pull you to the, uh, the lockdown. Okay. And um, I want to ask you two questions. And one question is, you know, how how are you coping? Because I know with performers and the lockdown, how are you coping because of the lockdown and the pandemic? And what nugget, what glass half full did you take from this time lockdown? Wow, it's been hard. It's been challenging. And I'm not going to lie, it's I've had to pull from deep within to try and continue and, and to have the courage to keep like releasing songs and singles and because I had an album to release which I've ended up releasing singles and I'm just postponing releasing the album until lockdown finishes but one of the most amazing things that's definitely happened to me is I connected online with a friend called Rachel McFarlane she's a singer and um well there's been this is just one example of, of lots connecting with other artists and actually getting some time it be it over zoom just to sort of be vulnerable and talk about matters of the heart so i've chatted with rachel and it turned out we both had a very kindred um spirit in and a kindred you know ideology around mm -hmm. the issues of women and equality which you never know because we're saying this to to you carol that you don't mm. always know like what people I think I've often mm -hmm. spoken to other people just expecting people to believe in equality, something so simple, yet people are like, no, you know, actually I don't believe women and men are equal and don't think we should, and I'm like, and that's quite a challenge because the people I respect and 
so yeah so anyway it was a delight because it was like oh wow rachel's like really forward thinking and anyway we began to work together and we started to collaborate and hopefully it's not That's too great distant future we'll have uh, we've got some a couple of singles we're working on together and two divas together that's amazing oh yeah she's, I'll tell you. she's amazing she is amazing well, I'll tell you what, Carol Ann, you promised us a very intellectual, intelligent show every time you're here and you have delivered. Have you had fun? I've had fun. You know me, every day is a school day with the Culture Queen. It is indeed. Now make sure you join us 